After reciting the Tashahud, Ta'awuz, and Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih V, Ayyadahullah Ta'ala bin Israhil Aziz stated, that in the previous sermon, I spoke about Hazrat Saad bin Ma'ad radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. Whilst mentioning the battle of Ahzab and Hazrat Saad bin Ma'ad radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, Hazrat Mizza Bashir Ahmad Sahib writes in Sirat Khatmun Nabiyyin, that in this war, the Muslims did not suffer a great loss of lives. Only five or six men were martyred. Saad bin Muad, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, who was the head chieftain of the Aus tribe, sustained such a heavy wound that in the end he could not recover. This was a loss for the Muslims which could not be compensated. Only three men from the army of the disbelievers were killed. However, in this battle the Quraysh received such a blow that afterwards they could never muster the courage to round up a large group and set out like this again, or attack Medina. And the prophecy of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was fulfilled to the letter. This was also mentioned in the previous sermon, whereby the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that the disbelievers will not have the courage to attack us in the future. Hazrat Saad bin Muad sustained an injury to his wrist during the battle of the ditch which led to his martyrdom Hazrat Aisha relates that I went out on the day of the battle of the ditch and I was following the footsteps of the people while I heard a light sound of footsteps coming from behind when I looked back I saw Hazrat Saad bin Muad along with his nephew Haris bin Aus and he was holding a shield. I sat down on the floor and Hazrat Saad bin Muad went past me reciting the following verses. Labis qalilan yudrikul hija hamal ma ahsan al mauta iza han al ajal. That is, wait a little till Hamal, i.e. the camel, joins the battle, 
and what an excellent death it is when it comes on the right time. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha further relates that as Asad bin Muad radiallahu ta'ala anhu was wearing chain armor yet both of his sides were exposed that is, due to his heavy and wide build his sides were protruding out from the armor she further states that I feared that both sides of his body that are outside of the armor could get injured Hazrat Saad was amongst those people who were tall and of a heavy build. Hazrat Saad bin Maad was injured by Ibn Ariqa. Ibn Ariqa's name was Haban bin Abdul Manaf and he belonged to the Banu Amr bin Lui tribe. Ariqa was the name of his father. Hazrat Jabir narrates that when an artery in Hazrat bin Muad radiallahu ta'ala anhu's arm was struck by an arrow, the Messenger of Allah, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, removed the arrowhead with his own hands and then using the same arrowhead he cut the wound and then branded it. However, it became swollen, i.e. the wound became swollen, and hence the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, again made a cut with the arrowhead and then branded the wound. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha narrates that Ibn Ariqa, a person from among the idolaters, i.e. the mushrikeen, was shooting arrows at Hazrat bin Muad radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And while shooting an arrow, he said, Here you go, I am Ibn Ariqa. The arrow struck one of the arteries of Hazrat radiallahu ta'ala anhu's arm. And after being wounded, Hazrat radiallahu ta'ala anhu supplicated to Allah the Almighty in the following manner. He said, O oh Allah, do not cause me to die until I am content with the matter concerning the Banu Quraiza. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha further relates that Hazrat Saad bin Muad radiallahu ta'ala anha sustained a wound on the day of the Battle of the Ditch. An individual from the Quraysh, Habban bin Arika, shot the arrow at his wrist. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, erected a tent for him in the compounds of the mosque so that he could stay near him and tend to him. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha relates that the wound of Hazrat Saad radiallahu ta'ala anha dried and started to heal. Upon this, Hazrat Saad radiallahu ta'ala anha prayed, O oh Allah, you are aware of the fact that there is nothing dearer to me than fighting these people in your cause, who rejected your Prophet and forced him to leave. O oh Allah, I perceive that you have put an end to the war between us and them. But if anything remains of the battle against the Quraysh, then keep me alive in order to strive in your way and fight against them. However, if you have put an end to the war between us, as I perceive it, then open up my artery and let this wound be the cause of my martyrdom. 
Hazrat Aisha radiyallahu ta'ala anha further relates that the wound tore open the same night and Hazrat Saad bin Muad radiyallahu ta'ala anhu's blood started to flow out. The people of Banu Ghaffar had set up their tents in the compound of the Prophet's mosque and when the blood flowed down and reached them, they became frightened. The people came and said, O people in the tent, what is this? There is blood coming from your area towards us. They then saw that blood was coming out from the wound of Hazrat Saad bin Maad radiallahu ta'ala anhu and he passed away owing to this very injury. Hazrat ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhu relates that when blood started to flow out from Hazrat Saad bin Muad radiallahu ta'ala anhu's wound, the Holy Prophet peace be upon him stood up, went to him and embraced him closely with him to the point that his blood came onto the face and beard of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him. Since the blood was flowing out, therefore people tried to protect the Holy Prophet peace be upon him from any blood going on him. But the more they would try for the blood to not come onto the Holy Prophet peace be upon him, the more he would hold him even closer and kept holding him until Hazrat Saad radiallahu ta'ala anhu passed away. In another narration, it is mentioned that when the wound of Hazrat Saad bin Muad radiallahu ta'ala anhu tore open, and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, became aware of this, he went to him and placed Hazrat Saad bin Muad radiallahu ta'ala anhu's head on his lap and covered him with a white cloth. Following this, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, prayed, O Allah, Saad fought in your cause, accepted your Prophet, and fulfilled whatever responsibility was entrusted to him. Thus, grant acceptance to his soul by virtue of this, just as you grant acceptance to other souls. As Saad, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, was almost on the brink of death, but still conscious when he heard the words of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Upon this, he opened his eyes and submitted, O Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, May peace be upon you. I bear witness that you are the Messenger of Allah. When the family members of Hazasad radiallahu ta'ala anhu saw that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had placed Hazasad radiallahu ta'ala anhu's head on his lap, they became scared. And when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was informed of this, that the members of Hazasad radiallahu ta'ala anhu's family became afraid when they saw his head placed on your lap, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated, that I pray for there to be just as many angels present at the time of Saad's demise as there are people present right now. This was a prayer offered by the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, at the time of his demise. Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu relates that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had been gifted a cloak of fine silk. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, would forbid the wearing of silk, and so people were surprised to see him with it. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, then said, that by him in whose hands is Muhammad wasallam's life, the handkerchiefs of Saad bin Muad in heaven will be more beautiful than this. This is a narration from Sahih Bukhari. Since the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had forbidden wearing silk, the companions saw the silk in the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him's hands, and wondered whether the Holy Prophet might use it. However, when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, saw their reaction, he then gave this example of Hazrat Saad radiallahu ta'ala anhu. But in fact, it is further clarified from the Hadith of Sahih Muslim 
that the companions expressed their astonishment at the quality of the cloth. It is narrated by Hazrat Bara that a silk cloak was presented to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, as a gift, which the companions began to touch and admired its softness. Upon this, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said, that are you admiring its softness? Surely the handkerchiefs of Saad bin Muad in heaven are better and softer than this. Hazrat Jabir radiyallahu ta'ala anhu narrates that I heard the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, say that God's throne shook upon the demise of Saad bin Muad. This is a narration from Sahih Bukhari. And the narration is also recorded in Muslim and states that Hazrat Anas bin Malik relates that when the coffin of Hazrat Saad bin Muad radiyallahu ta'ala anhu was placed before the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, he stated that the throne of the gracious God shook because of him. And whilst explaining these events with some further details, Hazrat Mirza Bashir Ahmed Sahib radiyallahu ta'ala anhu writes, The wound which Hazrat Saad bin Muad radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, chief of the Aus tribe, had sustained on the occasion of the Battle of the Ditch, did not manage to fully heal despite tireless medical attention. His wound would continue to tear after healing to some extent. Since he was an exceptionally sincere companion, and the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was especially concerned for his medical treatment. Therefore, on the way back from the Battle of the Ditch, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, instructed that he should be kept in a tent in the courtyard of the mosque. So that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, could easily check up on his progress. Thus, he was entrusted to the care of a Muslim lady by the name of Rufaida, who possessed expertise in medical treatment and nursing, and would generally set up a camp in the veranda of the mosque in order to treat Muslims who had been wounded. However, despite this extraordinary attention, the condition of Hazrat Anhu did not improve, and it was during this particular time that the account of the Banu Quraiza took place as well, due to which he was made to endure extreme hardship and fatigue, and his illness deteriorated even further. And it was during these very days that one night Hazrat Saad bin Muad radiallahu ta'ala anhu supplicated with great emotion. He prayed, O oh my Lord, you know well the intense desire in my heart to partake in jihad, to defend your religion in the face of that nation who has rejected your messenger and exiled him from his homeland. O oh my Master, I perceive that war has now come to an end between the Quraysh and ourselves. However, if in your estimation there is still more conflict, then grant me enough respite that I may strive in your cause through jihad against them. But if our fighting them has come to an end, then I no longer desire to live, so let me die as a martyr. It is narrated that the very same night the wound of Hazrat Saad bin Muad radiallahu ta'ala anhu tore open and there was so much blood loss that it began to flow out of the tent. When people rushed into the tent with concern, the condition of Hazrat Saad bin Muad radiallahu ta'ala anhu had seriously deteriorated. And it was in this very state that Hazrat Saad bin Muad radiallahu ta'ala anhu breathed his last. 
The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was deeply saddened by the demise of his Asad bin Muad radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Undoubtedly, in light of the circumstances of that era, the demise of his Asad radiallahu ta'ala anhu was a loss which could not be compensated. As Asad radiallahu ta'ala anhu almost possessed the same status among the Ansar, which Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu possessed among the Muhajireen. In his sincerity, in his sacrifice, in his service of Islam, in his love for the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, this individual possessed such a lofty rank, which is attained only by a few. His every movement demonstrated the love for Islam, and the founder of Islam was the nurture of his soul. Since he was the chief of his tribe, his example had a very deep and practical influence on the Ansar. It was only natural for the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, to feel saddened upon the demise of such a worthy spiritual son. However, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, exhibited the highest level of patience and bowed his head before the divine will with obedience and submission. When the funeral procession of Zasad was being led to the graveyard, Due to her love, his elderly mother lamented over him in somewhat of a loud voice. In this morning, according to the custom of that time, various qualities of his Asad were mentioned. When the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, heard the sounds of this lamentation, although he did not approve of the custom of lamentation in principle, however, he said, women who lament often utter a great deal of falsehood. But at this time, whatever the mother of Saad has said is indeed true. In other words, whatever qualities have been attributed to Saad are correct. After this, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, led the funeral prayer and accompanied the procession himself for the burial. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, remained there until the burial was complete and finally returned after he had prayed over the grave. It was perhaps during this time that on one occasion the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Upon the demise of Saad, the throne of the gracious God shook. This means that the mercy of God happily welcomed the soul of Saad in the world of the hereafter. On one occasion, when the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, received some pieces of silk cloth from somewhere as a gift, a few companions spoke of their soft and gentle texture with great amazement and considered them to be out of the ordinary. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, responded, that do you marvel at the softness of these clothes? By God, the mantles of Saad in paradise are far more soft and valuable than these. In the ahadith which were mentioned before of Bukhari and then Muslim, they speak of handkerchiefs. However, Hazrat Mizza Bashir Ahmad Sahib anhu has translated this to mean cloths. But in any case, according to the Arabic word which has been used, it can also mean cloth. Hazrat Saad bin Muad anhu's mother continuously recited the following couplet out of her grief. That the mother of Saad grieves the loss of Saad, who was an embodiment of intellect and valour, and an embodiment of bravery and civility. What can be said of the grandeur of that time, 
a leader who filled all voids. Upon hearing these words, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said that every woman who wails upon someone's demise is a liar. In other words, they unnecessarily over-exaggerate, except the mother of Saad. And this reference is from At-Tabqatul Kubra. Hazrat Saad bin Muad was of a heavy build, and when his body was lifted, the hypocrite said, that we have never seen the coffin of any man to be so light as that of Hazrat Saad bin Muad They continuously said that this was because of the decision he had made regarding the Banu Qurayza. In other words, they wished to present this in a negative light. When the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was informed of this, he stated that by him in whose hands is my life, the reason you perceive this coffin of Saad to be light is because angels are carrying it. And according to another narration, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that there are 70,000 angels present at the funeral of Saad bin Muad who have never descended upon the earth until today. It is narrated by Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha that I saw that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, walking in front of the funeral procession of Hazrat Saad bin Muad radiallahu ta'ala anha. Hazrat Abu Sayyid Khudri radiallahu ta'ala anha relates that I was among those who dug the grave of Hazrat Saad bin Muad radiallahu ta'ala anhu in Jannatul Baqi. And when we would dig some dirt, we could smell musk until we had dug the entire grave. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then arrived once we had finalized digging the grave. And the coffin of Hazrat Saad bin Muad radiallahu ta'ala anhu was placed beside the grave. And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, led the funeral prayer. The narrator states that I saw so many people that Jannatul Baqi was completely full. Abdul Rahman bin Jabir relates from his father that when Hazrat Saad bin Muad's grave was prepared, four people, Haris bin Os, Usaid bin Hudair, Abu Naila Silkan bin Salama, and Salama bin Salama bin Wakh went down into the grave. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was standing towards the feet of Hazrat Saad bin Muad. And when Hazrat Saad bin Muad radiallahu ta'ala's body was lowered into the grave, the complexion of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, face changed. He proclaimed, Subhanallah, I holy is Allah three times, and all the companions repeated after him and said Subhanallah three times to the point that it echoed throughout Jannatul Baqi. Then the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, proclaimed, Allahu Akbar, I Allah is the greatest three times. And the companions repeated Allahu Akbar after him to the point that the words echoed throughout Jannatul Baqi. It was said to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, O Messenger of Allah, we saw that change in complexion on your countenance and you proclaimed Subhanallah three times. What was the reason for this? The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, replied that the grave was narrow and Saad's body was pressed in. And if anyone was to be saved from this, it was surely Saad. Thus, Allah the Almighty expanded the grave for him. Miswar bin Rifa' Kurzi relates that as Saad bin Muad radiallahu ta'ala anhu's mother came to lower him into the grave, but was told to return. However, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that let her stay. She came and saw Hazrat Saad radiallahu ta'ala anhu in the grave before any bricks or soil was laid over the grave and said, I am certain you are with Allah. 
The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, offered his condolences to Hazrat Sa'd mother by the grave and then sat to the side. When the Muslims placed the soil onto the grave and made it even and then sprinkled water over it, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, returned beside the grave, stood there for some time, prayed and then left. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha relates that aside from the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and two of his companions, Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu and Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, no one's departure was more difficult to bear for the Muslims than that of Hazrat Saad bin Muad radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Hazrat Saad bin Muad radiallahu ta'ala anhu was 37 years of age at the time of his demise. And the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said to the mother of Hazrat Saad bin Muad that will your sorrow not end and will your tears not cease? For your son is the first person for whom Allah the Almighty smiled and for whom his throne shook. When the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had buried Hazrat Saad radiallahu ta'ala anhu and returned from his funeral, tears were flowing down to his bed. There is a narration of Hazrat Saad bin Muad radiallahu ta'ala anhu in which he stated, No doubt I am weak, but there are three things in which I am resolute. There were three things which he said about himself that despite being weak, he was very firm in them and he acted upon them. He said that first, whatever I heard from the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, I found to be true. In other words, he never had any reservations. Secondly, he stated that I never let any thought other than that of prayer come into my mind while offering prayer, until I had completed it. In other words, he offered prayer with great concentration. And third, there was no funeral in which I would not put myself in place of the deceased and think, what will he say and what will be asked of him? As if he was the one who was going to be questioned. In other words, he was mindful of the hereafter. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha relates that there were three people from among the Ansar who were all from the Banu Abdi Ashal tribe and except for the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, no one was given superiority over them. And they were Hazrat Saad bin Muad, Hazrat Usaid bin Hudair, and Hazrat Ibad bin Bishr radiallahu anhu. The next companion to be mentioned is Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Hazrat Saad radiallahu ta'ala anhu's title was Abu Ishaq. His father's name was Malik Uheb. And according to another narration, it was Malik bin Wuhab. However, his father was more prominently known by the title of Abu Waqas, hence his name is Saad bin Abi Waqas. And his mother's name was Hamna bin Sufyan. Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas belonged to the Banu Zuhra from the Quraysh. And Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas is among those ten companions whom the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, gave glad tidings of paradise during their lifetime. These ten companions are known as the Ashra Mubashra and Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas was the last among them to pass away. All of these companions, i.e. the Ashra Mubashra, were from among the Muhajireen, i.e. those who migrated from Makkah to Medina, 
and the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was pleased with them at the time of his demise. In relation to his acceptance of faith, Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas radiallahu ta'ala anhu relates, that the day I accepted Islam, no one else accepted Islam on that day. I waited for seven days and the condition at the time was such that I made up one third of the total Muslims. In other words, there were only three of us. Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas radiallahu ta'ala anhu states that he accepted Islam even before the obligatory prayers had been prescribed. Then narrating the account of his acceptance of Islam, Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas radiallahu ta'ala anhu's daughter relates that Hazrat Saad radiallahu ta'ala anhu stated that I saw in a dream that it was extremely dark and I could not see anything. Suddenly, I saw that the moon had risen and I began walking towards it. However, I noticed that Hazrat Zayd bin Harsa, Hazrat Ali and Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu had started walking towards the moon before me. I asked them when did they reach and they replied that they had just reached. Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas radiallahu ta'ala anhu relates that by then he already knew that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was discreetly inviting people to Islam. And so he went to Shebe Ajiyad to meet the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Ajiyad is the name of a place situated next to the mountain of Safa, where the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, used to graze sheep. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, had just finished his Asr prayer when Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas radiallahu ta'ala anhu arrived and became Muslim after doing the bad. The daughter of Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Aisha bin Saad narrates, that I heard my father say that when he accepted Islam, he was 17 years old. And according to other narrations, it is mentioned that when he accepted Islam, he was 19 years old. From among the pioneer Muslims, there were five individuals who accepted Islam owing to the preaching efforts of Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu and later went on to become some of the most distinguished companions of a lofty status. The third person out of these five was Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas radiallahu ta'ala anhu. This has been taken from Sirat Khatam and Nabiyin where it is stated that he was a youth when he accepted Islam. In other words, he was 19 years old at the time. Hazrat Saad radiallahu ta'ala anhu belonged to the Banu Zuhra tribe and was a very brave and courageous individual. During the Khilafat of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he conquered Iraq and passed away during the reign of Amir Muawiyah. Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas radiallahu ta'ala anhu had recorded many narrations from the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Musab, Hazrat Saad radiallahu ta'ala anhu's son, stated that his father said to him, my mother, i.e. Hazrat Saad radiallahu ta'ala anhu's mother, had made an oath that she would never speak to him unless he abandons his faith. In other words, until Hazrat Saad radiallahu ta'ala anhu forsakes Islam. Accordingly, she stopped eating and drinking. Hazrat Saad radiallahu ta'ala anhu further states that my mother said to me that you say that Allah the Almighty instructs you to show kindness to your parents. She stated that since you say that Allah the Almighty instructs you to show kindness to your parents, then I am your mother and therefore I instruct you to leave this faith and listen to what I have to say. The narrator of this tradition further states that she remained in the state of without food and drink for three days and due to extreme weakness she was in a state of semi-consciousness. Her son, 
Umara went to bring water and gave it to her. When she regained consciousness, she again began to curse Hazrat Sadr radiallahu ta'ala anha. It was on this occasion that Allah the Almighty revealed the following verse of the Holy Quran. That is, and we have enjoined on man kindness to his parents. That is, and if they contend with thee to make thee set up equals with me, obey them not. In other words, if they tell you to associate partners with Allah, then you are not to obey them. And it is then further mentioned in the Holy Quran, That is, but be a kind companion to them in all worldly affairs. In other words, if the question arises of associating partners with God Almighty, i.e. shirk, then one should not obey them. And then this matter is then discussed here in detail. But as far as worldly relations is concerned, then one must show them compassion. As it states in the Holy Quran, That is, be a kind companion to them in all worldly affairs. Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas radiallahu ta'ala anhu states that I loved my mother dearly. The first narration was from Sahih Muslim. But from another source it is mentioned in a book of history that Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas radiallahu ta'ala anhu stated that I loved my mother dearly. But when I accepted Islam, she stated that what sort of religion have you accepted? Either you forsake this faith or else I will stop eating and drinking until death overtakes me. Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas radiallahu ta'ala anhu states that he said to his mother, My dear mother, please do not do this, because I will never forsake my religion. Hazrat Saad radiallahu ta'ala anhu further narrates that for one day and one night my mother did not eat or drink, and as a result her health deteriorated. At this point I said to her that by Allah, if you had a thousand lives and lost each of them one after the other, I would still not abandon my faith. And so, when Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas radiallahu ta'ala anhu's mother saw this reaction, it was then that she began to eat and drink. And it was on this occasion that Allah the Almighty revealed the following verse of the Holy Quran. وَإِن جَاهَدَكَ عَلَىٰ أَن تُشْرِكَ بِمَا لَيْسَ لَكَ بِهِ إِلْمٌ فَلَا تُتِعْهُمَا وَالصَّاحِبُهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا مَعْرُوفًا That is, and if they contend with thee to make thee set up equals with me, concerning which thou hast no knowledge, then obey them not, but be a kind companion to them in all worldly affairs.
The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, would call Hazrat Saad radiallahu ta'ala anhu his uncle. And on one occasion, Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas radiallahu ta'ala anhu was approaching. And upon seeing him, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said, My uncle approaches, how great indeed is he. If anyone has an uncle the likes of mine, let him show us. Imam Tirmazi has stated the reason for this was that just like the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him's mother, belonged to the Banu Zahra tribe, so did Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Hazrat Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was standing on Mount Hira when it began shaking. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then said, Remain still, O Hira, for there is none upon this mount except for a Prophet, Siddiq, are you truthful, or a Shaheed, are you martyr? And on the mount at the time stood the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, Hazrat Abu Bakr, Hazrat Umar, Hazrat Usman, Hazrat Ali, Hazrat Talha bin Ubaidullah, Hazrat Zubair bin Al Awam, and Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas radiallahu anhu. This narration is from Sahih Muslim. In the early days of Islam, when the Muslims would pray in secrecy, on one occasion, Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas was offering prayers in one of the valleys around Makkah, along with some other companions. The idolaters saw them and began making fun of the Muslims and began criticizing Islam, to the extent that it led to a quarrel between them. Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas hit one of the idolaters over the head with a bone of a camel, and he hit him with such force that his head was cut open. Thus, it is said that this was the first blood that was shed in Islam. When the disbelievers of Makkah imposed a boycott on the Muslims and they were besieged in the valley of Abu Talib, Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas was among the Muslims that suffered these hardships. And whilst mentioning this incident in Sirat Khatam al Nabiyin, Hazrat Mirza Bashir Ahmed Sahib writes that to read about the difficulties and hardships that these detainees were compelled to bear makes the body tremble. The companions of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, narrate that sometimes, like animals, they survive by eating the leaves of wild trees. Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas radiallahu ta'ala anhu states that once during the night his foot fell upon something that seemed to be moist and soft. Perhaps it was the piece of a date. At that time he was in such a state of hunger that he immediately picked it up and swallowed it. He states that until this day I do not know what that thing was. On another occasion, due to extreme hunger, when he found a dry piece of skin on the ground, he took it and softened it and cleaned it with water and then cooked it and ate it. He states that he spent three days in this state of divine hospitality. When Allah the Almighty commanded the Muslims to migrate, Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas also migrated to Medina and stayed with his brother Utba bin Abi Waqas, who was an idolater. Utbah had killed someone in Makkah and thus he fled to Medina and settled there. Hazrat Saad was amongst the first people to migrate 
The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, established a bond of brotherhood, i.e. Muakhat, between Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas radiyallahu ta'ala anhu and Hazrat Musa bin Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. However, according to another narration, the bond of brotherhood was established between Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas radiyallahu ta'ala anhu and Hazrat Saad bin Muad radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. Mulana Ghulam Ali Sahib Saif has presented a justification for the difference between the two narrations. He states that perhaps in Makkah, the bond of brotherhood, i.e. Muakhat, was established with Hazrat Musa bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And whilst in Medina, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, established it with Hazrat Saad bin Muad radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas was a brave and skilled cavalier from among the Quraysh. And during the battles, Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas was one of the companions who were entrusted with the responsibility of guarding the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Abu Ishaq narrates that there were four powerful fighters among the companions of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. They were Hazrat Umar, Hazrat Ali, Hazrat Zubair and Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas after the migration to Medina, the Muslims remained fearful of an attack by the disbelievers. And owing to this apprehension, they found it difficult to sleep at night. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, would remain awake at night as well. And in this regard, there is a narration by Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, in which she states that upon arrival in Medina, on one night the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had difficulty sleeping. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then prayed, If only a suitable man from among my companions were to stand God. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha further narrates, that we were still in this state when we heard the clanking of arms. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, inquired who it was. And the one who came responded, i.e. from outside, that it is I, Saad bin Abi Waqas. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, inquired as to why he had come. To which he replied, that my heart was perturbed about you, therefore I came to stand God. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, then prayed for Saad and then fell asleep. Although this narration is mentioned in both Sahih Bukhari and Sahih Muslim, but the details of the prayer are not mentioned. However, Imam Tirmazi has recorded the details of the prayer under the virtues of Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas radiallahu ta'ala anhu. In this narration, Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas radiallahu ta'ala anhu's son, Qais, narrates that my father used to say that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, prayed for him in the following manner, that, O oh Allah, accept the prayer of Saad whenever he prays to you. In Akmal fi Asma'il Rijal, it is written that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, prayed, O oh Allah, may Saad's arrow always land on its target and accept his prayers. Owing to this prayer of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas was known for the acceptance of his prayers. Once a person accused Hazrat Saad radiallahu ta'ala anhu of falsehood, Hazrat Saad radiallahu ta'ala anhu prayed, O oh Allah, if he, i.e. the accuser, is lying, 
then relinquish him of his sight and may he live a long life and may he be struck with misfortune. Thus that individual endured all three of these things. In another narration, Qais bin Hazim states, And once I was going to the marketplace in Medina. When I reached Hijaru Zaid, I saw a large crowd had gathered around an individual on a mount who was cursing Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu. In the meantime, Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas radiallahu ta'ala anhu came and stood amongst the people and inquired about what was the cause of the commotion. The people replied that the individual was uttering profanities against Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu. The people gave way for Hazrat Saad anhu to move forward until he stood right in front of the individual and asked him, Why are you cursing Hazrat Ali? Did he not accept Islam from its inception? Was he not the first person to offer prayers alongside the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him? And is he not the most pious amongst the people? And is he not the most knowledgeable amongst the people? He further asked that did the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, not give his daughter's hand in marriage to him, thereby granting him the honor of becoming his son-in-law? And was he not carrying the flag during the battles fought alongside the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him? The narrator further states, As Asad bin Abi Waqas then turned to face the Qibla, and lifting his hands for prayer, he supplicated that, O oh Allah, if this individual has cursed one of the friends of Allah, Ayy Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala then make him a sign of your power before this crowd disperses. This is a narration of Mustadrak, and the narrator is Qais. And he states that by God, the crowd had not yet dispersed when the mount he was riding caused him to fall. It placed his feet on his head and stamped on his head and crushed it, causing his death. Then there is a similar account of Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas standing guard on the occasion of the Battle of the Dish, just as he spent the night standing guard immediately after the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, migration to Medina. In regards to this, Hazrat Muslim anhu states, Hazrat Aisha anha relates that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had become extremely tired from standing guard and keeping vigilant in the nights. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, would also stand on guard in the nights along with the other companions. And when his body could no longer bear the intense cold temperature, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, would return and lay down beside me in a blanket. And as soon as his body would warm, he would return to guard the damaged part of the ditch. Having not slept continuously for many days, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, one day became extremely exhausted and wished some devoted Muslim would come and relieve him of the physical labor of guarding the ditch in the cold of the night, and so he could sleep in ease. Soon he heard a voice. It was Saad bin Abi Waqas radiallahu anhu. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, asked him why he had come. To stand guard for you, said Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas. There is no need to stand guard for me, replied the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. A part of the ditch is damaged. Go and guard it so that the Muslims may be safe. And so Hazrat Saad radiallahu ta'ala anhu went and the Holy Prophet peace be upon him was able to sleep for a short while. The remaining accounts of Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas radiallahu ta'ala anhu will be related in the future sermon inshallah. But now I will lead the funeral prayer in absentia for three deceased members. 
The first is of respected Master Abdul Samir Khan Katkiri, who passed away on 6th July in Rabwa. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. Surely to Allah we belong, and to Him shall we return. The deceased was born in 1937 in Qadian. His father, Abdul Rahim Sahib Katkiri, was among the long-standing members who have served the community. His grandfather, Hazrat Chaudhary Abdul Salam Khan Sahib Katkiri, was a companion and had the honour of doing the bath at the blessed hands of the promised Messiah alayhi salatu was salam in 1903. Master Sami Sahib acquired his early and primary education in Qadian and then did his matriculation exams in Rabwa, having migrated there after the partition. He has one son and one daughter, and his wife passed away a few years ago. After completing his BSc in 1960, he began to teach in Talimul Islam school on a voluntary basis, and after completing his B.Ed. in 1962, he was formally appointed as a teacher. In 1969, he completed his MED from the Punjab University, Lahore, and then became a senior teacher. In 1970, he was appointed as the headmaster of Talimul Islam High School in Rabwa. However, the school was then nationalized, and he was then transferred by the government in 1970 to another school, as all the schools had now become nationalized. And thereafter, he taught in various schools. From 2005 to 2009, the deceased had the opportunity to serve as the Zaim of Ansarullah and from 2013 to 2016, he had the opportunity to serve as the local president for Darul Rahmat Sharki. He was also my teacher and would teach in a very excellent manner. He would always have a kind expression on his face and would explain in a very excellent manner. May Allah the Almighty grant him his forgiveness and mercy and elevate his station. May Allah the Almighty enable his progeny to also remain attached with the Jamaat and Khilafat. The next funeral is of respected Sayyid Mujibullah Sadiq Sahib, who passed away on 28th May at the age of 83. Surely to Allah we belong, and to Him shall we return. The deceased was the son of respected Sayyid Sadiq Ali Sahib and Sayyid Salma Begum Sahib, daughter of Sayyid Mahbub Alim Bihari Sahib. He was born in the blessed village of Qadian and grew up in his pure and holy environment. His father, Sayyid Sadiq Ali Sahib of Siharampur, took the bath at the blessed hands of Hazrat Khalifat al-Masih I, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. Sayyid Mujibullah Sadiq Sahib's maternal grandfather, Hazrat Sayyid Mahbub Alim Sahib Bihari was honoured with martyrdom after being shot by an opponent on 19th September 1947 during the time of partition. The brother of Sayyid Mujibullah Sadiq Sahib's maternal grandfather, Hazrat Sayyid Mahbub Alim Sahib's brother, also served as the auditor of Sadr Anjuman Ahmadiyya 
And he also had the honor of walking by foot from Bihar to Qadian in order to do the bath. Sayyid Mujibullah Sadiq Sahib also had the opportunity to serve as the local president of the Ellsfield Jamaat. And after taking retirement, he also had the opportunity to serve for 16 years as a volunteer in respected Amir Sahib UK's office. He always rendered his duty in an extremely diligent manner. His expression would always reflect kindness and had a very light-hearted nature. He would carry out his work very attentively and would never work in a way whereby he would become overwhelmed or cause distress to others. In fact, he would try to work in a manner whereby he would try to personally do all the work and even help others in their work as well. His marriage took place in 1968 with respected Aisha Sadiq Sahiba, daughter of Babu Muhammad Alim Sahib, who worked as a station master. And while in Rabwa, his wife also had the opportunity to serve in various departments of the auxiliary organization of Lajna. Sayyid Mujibullah Sadiq Sahib had two sons and two daughters. One of his sons, Dr. Kalimullah Sadiq Sahib, does a lot of volunteer work in MTA. By the grace of Allah the Almighty, Sayyid Mujibullah Sadiq Sahib was very regular in his tahajjud prayers. When he travelled to perform the Umrah, he was suffering severe knee problems and his wife states that despite being provided with a wheelchair, he stated that he wanted to attain the rewards of Umrah and will perform it by foot. Similarly, Sayyid Mujibullah Sadiq Sahib was also very mindful of paying his jannas. Many people, including his children and others, have written to me about his various qualities. There is no doubt that children mention the qualities and the manner in which his children are mashallah attached to the Jamaat. It is evident that Sayyid Mujibullah Sadiq Sahib has instilled the love of Khilafat and the Jamaat in his children's hearts and has raised them up in an excellent manner. However, as the Holy Prophet ﷺ has stated, that one's neighbours, acquaintances are the ones who truly testify a person's piety and conduct. And indeed, this statement of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has been fulfilled in Sayyid Mujibullah Sadiq Sahib. He not only helped his non-Ahmadi neighbours himself but also encouraged his children to help them as well and upon his demise these neighbours were extremely sad Similarly, all of his colleagues in the office have particularly mentioned his qualities of possessing a good nature working with great dedication and attention and also assisting his fellow work colleagues he did his own work and also helped serve others as well. For example, he would even make the tea himself and offer it to them. When I moved to Islamabad last year, he was very concerned as to how he will be able to offer his Friday prayers behind me and also shared his concern with me as well during a mulaqat. 
However, I assured him that inshallah the Friday prayers will mostly be offered in Bait al-Fudur and whenever it is offered in Islamabad then he could come here. And upon hearing this, his face lit up with joy. Also, in order to keep his children close to the mosque after the migration of Hazrat Khalifa al-Masih the fourth rahimahullah, he purchased a house close to Masjid Fadl and would daily travel for an hour for work himself, but so long as his children remain attached to the mosque. And this was the same concern he had now as well, that by moving far away, how would he be able to offer his Friday prayers? In any case, he was an extremely devout and pious individual. He lived his life with utmost loyalty and dedication and tried to instill this amongst his children as well. May Allah the Almighty grant him his mercy and forgiveness and elevate his station. And may Allah the Almighty also enable his children to remain attached to Khilafat and the Jamaat according to his expectations, in fact even beyond his expectations. May Allah the Almighty also keep his wife in his protection and grant her the means of comfort and peace. The details of the third funeral have already been mentioned in a previous sermon but was not offered last week. The funeral is of Rana Naimuddin Sahib who served the Jamaat for a long time and was also an Asir Rahimola where he had been imprisoned due to his faith. I will also lead his funeral prayer after the Friday prayers along with the other funerals, inshallah. May Allah the Almighty grant them all his forgiveness and mercy. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Nahmudu wa nasainu wa nastaghfiru wa numinu bihi wa natawakkalu alayhi wa na'uzu billahi min shuroori anfusina wa min sayyati amalina من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله ونشهد أن محمدا نبدو ورسوله إباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل واللسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم وَذُوهُ يَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ وَلَذِكْرُ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ